and good evening. This is the discussion. It is a special fifth uh, discussion of the month, and therefore it is usually station business, and, and this tonight is kind of no different, except that our station business tonight is paying tribute to one of the most, um, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, consequential uh, members of KCYX, and that, of course, is Diane Herring. She passed away on Tuesday, and uh, so tonight is a gathering of friends and colleagues, and uh, you as well. We'll take your calls as well if you have any memories you'd like to transfer uh, to the public about Diane or some uh, some encounter that you had with her. That would be wonderful to hear from you tonight. We'll take those calls a little later. You can put down the number now at 707-895-2448. But again, we'll do that a little later. Tonight, we are joined in the studio here in Fort Bragg. I am joined by uh, a great uh, stalwart in KZYX's history in his own right, uh, former general manager, John Koch. Uh, Good evening, John. Greetings. Good to be here. Thank you. And we really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And we've also got Z- via Zoom uh, uh, Mary Eigner, Program Director Extraordinaire for so many years at KZYX. Good evening, Mary. Good evening. And finally, Linda McClure, a good friend of Diane's for the last few years of her life especially, and a big help uh, in, in keeping her spirits up and, and uh, seeing the magic that was Diane Herring. Uh, Linda McClure, good, good evening, Linda. Good evening. Nice to be here with you all. Yes, thank you. And we hope to be joined by Marty Derlin a little later in the show. Uh, but let's kick it off uh, with uh, you, John, I think, because uh, you have a special uh, camaraderie in that you were both general managers of KZYX, so you have a, a certain insight that none of the rest of us can quite share. Uh, <laughs> talk about your time coming into the station and, and what you found when you found Diane Herring. Uh, well, uh, I started at the station in the summer of 2008, and um, and so, you know, I didn't really know anybody around when I moved out here. Uh, I hadn't been living here very long when I took the job, and so I... Mary, I think, said, you know, you really ought to go find Diane Herring and get to know her because she was a station manager and she's a DJ. And so she's she's got that history, but she's still involved in the station. Uh, people who know the KZYX history probably know that there are a lot of station managers who uh, walked away and never, and, and kind of never came back, you know. And, the, and there were a lot of station managers when when I got to KZYX in 2008. It was almost the 20th I think that's anniversary. Yep. And I was the 10th general manager. So, I mean, that's like amazing turnover. Yeah. But Diane had been, had been station manager for three years, which was the longest time that anyone had done the job. And so, uh, knowing that I was going to you know, keep an eye out for that county fair. I think it was that fall, or maybe sometime I was at the fairgrounds, and there was a booth for the elder hostel, the el- the elder home in mm-hmm. Boonville fundraising there, and Diane was there, and some others. I think Karen Ottobani was there, Jill was there, and uh, and so I just started chatting with her, and we hit it off right away. So I invited her to come over to the station and. You know, tell me what she knew, and uh, 
And coincidentally to that, uh, when we moved to this to uh, this area, to out to Little River, to get to know people besides uh, becoming members of this station, we joined a bunch of wine clubs, one of which was the Handley mm -hmm. Club, and Diane was uh, working at Handley at that time and was putting on their annual events. I think it was even more than annual, but their club event was really nice, really a great party, and so right at the same time I was getting to know her uh, about the station, I also uh, met her through uh, her work putting on these wonderful events that we uh, attended. And so, uh, you know, luckily for us, Diane could really use the extra money and uh, I needed membership help and so she took it on as uh, a part-time moonlighting gig to do a membership for KZYX and, and she did, I think, either in full or in part for the entire seven years that I was there, mm -hmm. at least six of them, and I think I was counting up and added up to somewhere between 16 and 18 pledge drives. Yeah, and I know she was mentoring Angela and uh, Valerie Kim at one point to try to help them do it, but yeah, she was she there. She did, uh, she showed them, and, um, and she helped Renee, too. That's right, that's right, very much so. And uh, so anyway, I mean, she was just such a great presence and and I you know the the big discovery for me was uh, when I when I got to KZYX I, you know I didn't really have a deep look at the books until I got there and I saw that it was in the hole to the tune of about 200 grand and so uh, we needed to keep the station going we needed to improve it and we needed to get out of the hole we needed to do all of those things at the same time and so Diane I really don't know if I could, if we could have done it without no, her. You know, she really whipped the whole thing in shape and and organized it. And, and with, if I may say, her attitude, her approach, her her you know gung ho, big smile on her face approach to all of this helped it not seem so overwhelming, so daunting of a task that all of these things had to be done at once. Because you know she would just look at it. Well, we take one at a time. Let's go. You know, the, the same way she approached the pledge drives was always, uh, this is a joyous occasion. It's not an occasion of, oh, you feel bad, you have to ask for money. This is a chance to connect to our members. So, it was really yeah. positive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then the other thing is that Mary, should bring Mary in That's here now, because, because yeah. when Mary was working at the station, when Diane was station manager, mm -hmm. and, you know, they had all this personal history, too, and so... Through them, I learned uh, huge amounts of who was who and what the stories were and and everything. You learned yeah. about Anderson Valley and the yeah. So Mary, yeah, you uh, you go way back with Diane, of course. Um, was that even before you were a program director there? Oh, oh yeah. Diane was one of the first people I met when I moved to Anderson Valley. And that was back in 1989. And, um, oh, right when the station was starting then, yeah. Yeah, that was the year the station started. And, you know, I just fell in with, with um, you know, a group of people, and Diane was part of that, you know. 
And um, so, yeah, I actually worked for her back in the Bruce Bread days. For oh, wow. those of you who have been around for a while and remember Bruce Bread, and that was Diane and her, her father Bruce and her sister Ellen started this bakery and made amazing bread i think it was before it was premature because if they mm. that bread was made today i mean it was totally handmade it was completely organic it wow. was just amazing stuff so yeah so and what was it the station was just brand new and john kale had started doing a bluegrass show um and god i forget it was during the week it was a weekday morning and then he left and moved to santa cruz and and the station was looking for somebody to do the bluegrass show and i was like diane you should do that you love bluegrass you know she used to play you know there's a group of people that played music together so i think that you know she was like yeah i could totally do that so she started doing lunch on the back porch and which eventually moved to saturday afternoon mm -hmm. kind of early on and she did that show for, God, at least 20 years, if oh, not yeah. longer than that. Really a long time, because, you know, she just had this great love of bluegrass music. Um, in fact, I remember, where was it? Somewhere. She went somewhere. There was a festival, and there's a great photo of her with Bill Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> she loved that photo. It was yeah. a great one. Yeah. And, of course... Um, the other thing that happened early on in KZYX history, Diane started, you know, um, I don't know if she had a staff position. I think maybe she did before she was general manager. She did something else there. But we started producing shows like concerts, kind of one-off shows mm -hmm. at, at the Grange. And different people came through like Greg Brown early on in his career. And oh, I can't remember all the, all the groups. And so then... Um, the idea of doing a, a folk festival came up, and um, that's what became the Wild Iris um, Festival that would happen, God, right around this time um, in at the fairgrounds in Boonville, and, and Diane really, you know, spearheaded that, and I don't know how many years that went on for, but there's so much amazing music that came through there. It was really... It was really a lovely event, um, and, um, you know, so we had a lot of great times putting that together and, you know, bringing music. It was, it was again, a little kind of ahead of its time. Um, there weren't a lot of music festivals happening then, not like there are now, certainly, where there's, like, a music festival, you know, every weekend somewhere all the time. So, you know, a lot of great memories from that, definitely. So it's kind of like my recollections of, you know, the earlier days and the things that we worked on. Well, we weren't going to take calls till a little later in the show, but we do have one coming through already. So let's uh, let's go ahead and see uh, what this caller has to say. Good evening, caller. You're on the air with a tribute to Diane Herring. Are you talking to me? I am. You're on the air. Oh, uh, Richard. Rich? Yes. This is Dave. <laughs> no, hi, Dave. Okay. I hate to say this on the lot, over the air, but there's no key in the lockbox. Ah, okay, no problem. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll take care of that for you in just a bit. Uh, that's going to, of course, be Dave Cash, who will be in here for his uh, 
Wonderful program coming up at 8 o'clock. That's right after uh, our show, uh, so we'll make a little transition there. But KGYX uh, moment. Yes, exactly classic. And, of course, Diane would have loved that. She would have absolutely loved that. <laughs> oh, man. So, Linda, you spent some time with her here in the in the Anderson Valley here, especially uh, in the more recent years. Uh, can you tell her, yeah. can you talk about her spirit and, you know... <laughs> Well, um, I actually got to know Diane through Wild Iris. I uh, worked with Mary or with um, with Diane Paget on the front gate. Diane Paget did the organizational organizing, and and Diane Herring did the uh, all the booking of the acts. And we all remember Wild Iris, as Mary said, very fondly. It was a wonderful folk festival. Um. So, and then her dad and I were, were close friends. So when a couple, two and a half years ago, um, I got an email from Diane that she put out um, saying she was just, she'd been in the hospital in, in San Francisco and in rehab and was losing her rental house and needed housing. And we really didn't, have a good space <laughs> we didn't have room you know we have a little community here in Boonville um, but I we just knew we had to have Diane here and so she moved in about two and a half years ago and um, I thought of Bruce a lot then too Bruce was had already gone and uh, just it felt so good to be helping his daughter and and Diane in herself is just this wonderful person. Um, early on, her group, Wild Oats, the band that she played with years here, they started coming over one day a week and playing music. And Diane was able to play and sing, and we had good times. Brian Wood and David Dart came sometimes, and Charlie Hopeberg when he was still around. And Alan Kendall has been coming regularly, too. So um, they were here the Thursday before before she died, and we played music a little bit. Well, she was out for a little bit. Peel, one of our folks, he was on call twenty four seven, and that was kind of her um, her buddy, and lit her lit her bong in the evenings. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> after, oh, that's great. after she is in bed. And Mary Pat Palmer was, uh, she took care of her meds, kept her meds straight, and, and Diane took, you know, probably 25, 30 pills a day. So that wasn't an easy task. She was very Jeez. mindful of that. Wow. And uh, we did some food preparation. Dave, one of our Dave Bass, um, he does meals. Her with some electronic uh, stuff. So, we all, my, my sister Maka um, McClure did, was, was there. We filled in where we could. So I'm, I really have to say our household, I'm real proud of our household for that. Um, That's great. Yeah. When she first came, she was fairly mobile. She was with a walker and, and could get around pretty well. Um, then she fell and broke her hip and had a pretty bad 
repair of that hip. Uh, so her mobility and independence was greatly decreased after that. Um, at at some point, uh, there was she went back to UC Med Center, UCSF Med Center in San Francisco, and and then into rehab. She was back there a few times. And then at some point, there just wasn't anything more they could do. I, I don't know if people, if everyone knows, she she had a brain tumor that was non-malignant. It, it was not cancer, but a brain tumor wrapping itself around your brain does plenty of damage, even if it's not malignant. And at some point, they just couldn't do any more chemo or any more surgery so we knew that that it was just a matter of time um but boy she really held on and she never lost her sunny even disposition her um positive attitude you know it's uh, she just there's no sense in you know complaining about things you just gotta go ahead and do them and always looking on the bright side she she uh, held that quality till the end. Yeah, I've never met anybody who could deliver such deeply personal and troubling medical news with such a big grin on her face and just, well, that's the way it is. Okay, <laughs> you know, uh, move just forward. Amazing. <laughs> Keep moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She. Uh, so uh, we we did. All, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to keep her till the end because it was getting more and more difficult to move her. We had a Hoyer lift, we had a hospital bed, we had all the medical equipment, but it was still very hard for our care providers. Sure. Um, but she uh, had a bad night Friday night and Saturday her sisters we called Ruth Ann called and her sisters came up and we determined she needed to go into the hospital and they air they helicopter over there and said she had a brain bleed and she probably wouldn't live 24 hours mm. but that was Saturday and she held on till Tuesday afternoon and uh her family was with her. We went over, took turns going over to, and others. Brian Wood, Brian Wood has really been uh, stellar in giving Diane support all through this. Um, and he kept a lot of us informed. He, he. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, he took on that. It's such a perfect oh. example of how she lived her life and what she believed in, especially with in terms of the the radio station, which was that. A family of community that was around uh, you when you needed them, and uh, mm -hmm. it's 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 so appropriate that that's how her send off should happen with a a group of dedicated people that kind of get that same mission. My compliments yeah, to you and I'm, all of them. Yeah, I'm so grateful to all of the folks here who were able to pull that off and and do it with good nature and um, and grace. 
I was thinking that maybe it might be interesting to have a, a little bit of her voice. So I, we pulled out a couple of things, some, uh, some music that we'll play a little bit. But here's a, a one-minute Silent Drive promo. Now, I don't want you to think that the Silent Drive is coming because this is so, several years ago. But it gets you the style of the cheery voice and her, and her, uh, and, and her delivery and the important facts that she was always pushing on. Well, yeah, you know, I want to point out that what a good writer Diane was. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, she had she had enough talent that she could have made it as a copywriter in the city. She was yeah. she was she was really good. She really knew how to pick a theme, how to how to how to manipulate it yep. in a way that people yeah. could understand yeah. it and, and and identify with it. Yeah. So here's a piece of audio from Diane. Maybe not. Okay. That's probably having some trouble with the Zoom here. We'll move on from that. But, uh, yeah, uh, Diane's um, allegiance to, um, <coughs> to her music, to her bluegrass, was legendary. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we used to go back and forth because she teased me about it. I wasn't necessarily the biggest bluegrass fan, but <laughs> she always tried to win you over, and she did in a lot of cases. She could really point out these musicians that she'd gotten to know in all these years, and and see, show that what the talent you may be missing if you're kind of you know just giving it a pass by. Um, my experience with Diane was uh, very early on when I first got to the station. Um, uh, as much as the uh, potential of this amazing station intrigued me, uh, I was brought in by a general manager who had the same kind of vision on that. And then she left right away, as John was saying. A lot of managers just came and went. And, you know, I wasn't sure if this is really the place I wouldn't stay. I was only in here for a little bit of time. John came. Uh, we were seeing John, but he wasn't in yet, in yet. And Diane was there. And she really convinced me that the mission would live on and is the focus of the entire community and that uh, you know it will it will all have a, a a gear to play in that in that machine and uh, certainly john uh, bought into that and i know in, in john and you and i early conversations we were there was a lot of head nodding about yeah this is this is the mission and and when i realized that you were on board and 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 the, and the staff and the, and the community was so dedicated to this this idea you know it made it very easy for me to say well okay this is this is where i am um so she she's been a big help for me at many times some of the darker moments she's uh, been there with a good uh, piece of advice or just a smile or you know she was one to, to just you know drop a donut on your desk and go oh by the way you know so uh, <laughs> yeah so uh, I'm going to open up the lines here in a little bit. Again, the number is 707-895-2448. If you have a memory of Diane Herring, uh, maybe her father, he was uh, very instrumental in the area as well. Um, so if you have a, a memory you'd like to share of uh, Diane's influence in our community and at the radio station, and we'd love to hear from you. Again, that number, 707-895-2448. In the meantime, uh, Mary, can you kind of come up with one of those classic uh, uh, moments, maybe from a pledge drive or uh, some moment that I think could sum up those who didn't know Diane? Well, you know, I think you guys have really highlighted how, you know, unfailingly cheerful and positive <laughs> Diane would be. Um, and I don't know, I mean, 
you know, KZWX is a wonderful institution, but can be a rather challenging place to work. <laughs> yes. Um, Spoken from know, a woman of experience. Where, you know, let's just say there's a lot of strong opinions, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> it's a creative environment, yes. <laughs> and she's just really fun to work with, you yeah. know? I mean, even though, you know, we were having money problems or... You know, just dealing with, you know, different issues because somebody was always going to be unhappy about something. And and she was just super fun and and positive to deal with. And I don't know, I, I guess I, I have to say, in all honesty, I didn't always share her, her <laughs> level of enthusiasm for the next pledge drive. Sure. <laughs> well, they had to keep coming and coming. But yeah. you're the one who called her... Our Lady of Perpetual Optimism. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I coined that. Maybe somebody else did. But, but the ironic thing is, is you think of somebody who's that optimistic and smiling all the time that, hey, there might be a bit of a pushover. But not no. Diane Harry. No. <laughs> you couldn't no. get anything past her. She would smile oh. in your face and say, no, we're not doing it that way. <laughs> you know, it would, and I, I, I lent her years back. I Out of my collection, I lent her a bullwhip, and she brought that to every pledge drive for a while. I'm going to drive pledge drive, she'd say. She never actually cracked it on anybody, but it was in her hand. <laughs> well, it was almost like a ritual after a while that when when the pledge drive was about to start, she'd stick her head in the door and say, Okay, I'm going to go in there and open a can of whoop-ass on this pledge drive. <laughs> and she would. Hey, we have a caller on, so let's take this caller and see if they have some memories of Diane. Good evening, caller. You're on the air. Oh, thank you. Uh, my name is Linwood. I live up in Fort Bragg Linwood. area, and to to me, uh, Diane is KZYX. Um, mm -hmm. Big fan of bluegrass, big fan of folk music, um, and I'd come down occasionally and work on the pledge drives when she was doing her show or when uh, Jimmy Hum was doing the show. Those Saturday morning pledge drives are uh, epic, to say the <laughs> least, uh, and. Also had the opportunity to work with her with uh, with Wild Iris and mm -hmm. help uh, uh, help with that wonderful festival and uh, another love of hers for sure. Yeah, and I do want to give a big big thanks out to uh, to Linda and all the folks that uh, you know with Diane uh, the last couple years. I actually ran into uh, Jade Pagetsikan uh, a couple months ago. And she was filling me in on all the happenings of all the folks that uh, were involved with Wild Iris over the years. And she would tell me what was going on with Diane and and uh, living there with Linda and some friends. And I really appreciate uh, all the help and support you guys uh, gave to her. So uh, thanks to you guys. Thank you. And uh, definitely, you know, miss those lunch on the back porch because it never failed. Not only did Diane tell you what the song was, but she'd tell you who was playing dobro. She'd tell you who was playing bass. She'd tell you, you know, who was doing backup harmonies. So you, you really got to know the music when she was playing it. So what amazed uh, me is that for every one time that she'd read that off of a lyric sheet, uh, I mean, a, you know, and inside of a CD, there was at least two times where she did it out of her head. She just knew. <laughs> she knew who all the players were. Oh yeah. So anyway, thank you guys for doing the show tonight. I I appreciate it. Thank you, Lynn. Okay. Thanks, Linwood. And we...
Oh. oh, there we go. I thought we had another color, but we do not. So we will move on. Although, those yeah, are speaking of music, you know, Diane was a fine singer. She was a really yes, she good was. singer. Yeah. She had a wonderful musical. She had a very musical speaking voice, and her singing voice was very, very pretty. I thought beautiful harmonies with her group. Yeah, and she yeah. could play that bass. She played that big. Uh, sort of guitar-shaped bass that Dave Dart had made. Fantastic instrument. Yeah. Well, let's see if I can get this to play. We might be able to hear a little bit of Diane. It's beautiful music. We really uh, appreciate that. Sailed to Australia was the name of that track with her band. So we have another caller on the air. We'll take that caller now. Go ahead, caller. You're on the air. Okay. Hi, this is Johanna Wildog. Um, I had so... This is such a bittersweet moment, and it's so wonderful to hear you all talk about Diane. Um, she and I go back a long way, like in the early 2000s. He was uh, working at the station as a general manager um, while I was on the board of KZYX and Z uh, for several years. And, and so we had many occasions to be in the same meetings together. And it was just amazing because, as Mary mentioned before, you know, sometimes things could get pretty raucous in those board meetings and in those committee meetings. And um, Diane was always this island of calm in this, in this ocean, you know, storm. And, and it was just so amazing to see her equanimity and, and to have, you know, she would keep her cool when, when others got pretty upset. 
and in that way she was always a role model for me although i i wasn't always able to live up to a role model <laughs> well she made that difficult yes yeah and then the other things the other thing i want to honor her for so many things but you know so many things you already mentioned so many things that haven't been mentioned yet i just want to mention one thing of the many things that come to mind and that is and i don't remember the exact i don't know rich if you were already around when we obtained the ptft grant mm, yes. to, to upgrade our tower to dig, digital yep uh, the new um, antennas yeah, yeah they sat sat for a while and then we we finally had a shot to put them up yeah, and she well she she was able to get this grant, but the grant involved getting a matching grant mm-hmm. of about two hundred thousand dollars in a very short time. If I remember something like we had two months to come up with the two hundred thousand dollars to match this grant, and we had to do it because you know it was our chance to move forward into the digital age, and and Diane Herring managed to pull it off. Yep, she did. You know, she. She raised the funds for the matching grant, and we were able to get the PTFP grant. And then the final thing I wanted to mention is um, I had the honor of sitting in for Diane on lunch on the back porch as a sub for several years. And um, the thing that I will always uh, love Diane for is that, you know, she gave me a chance to do that, even though I knew of bluegrass music, but I certainly was no expert in bluegrass music. And I learned to love and appreciate uh, bluegrass by listening to her show and by by Sabe sitting in for her show. And um, that's always such a great memory. And just to close, I, I know that Diane is on to her next mission in the next dimension. And this is not the last um, um, the last. Um, um, area of, of wonderful things that uh, her spirit will do for us. So I'm convinced of that. And thank you for all you did today and for this state radio station. Well, thank you, Johanna. I appreciate you giving a chance to call today or tonight. And uh, we do have quite a few lines. It looks like we lost one of them, but let's see if we can take this next caller. Caller, you're on. Good evening. Hello. Go ahead. Hello. I can barely hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you fine. Oh, good. Hey, Mindy. Hi, Mary. Hi, John. Um, Hi. I feel very fortunate to have known Diane and helped out, having been available, luckily for me, to help out at the station fairly often when she was around. And I, this was a sad time, but it's also um, joyful to hear people talk about Diane and talk about what an amazing and wonderful and dear presence she was in so many people's lives. Whether those people knew her or not, if they were TZYX listeners, if they were in any way a member of the Mendocino County community, many people benefited from Diane's presence in our lives. So to um, honor Diane and to keep her spirit alive in our community, I recommend that we all do whatever we can to support the community, whether that's contributing to KZYX financially or volunteering at the station or starting a music festival or helping at the elder housing 
or supporting independent musicians or making music for others to share. Yeah, Whatever it is that you have to share, this is an opportunity to carry on Diane's legacy and to help keep our community thriving and growing. And thank you all for being there, and thank you, Diane, for all you've given us. Well said, right. Andy. Thank, thank you. you. Well, you can see the amount of support that keeps rolling in for Diane because of the, uh, you know, we talked about the attitude several times. But I have to say, too, as we've mentioned a few times, it's sometimes difficult during uh, at the station, especially during Pledge Drive. We've got a lot of things on our plates, and we're trying to get things going. Or uh, an event. I was thinking of particularly the uh, luau's and stuff that we had going on at, uh, at the fairgrounds. And uh, she always seemed to way, be aware. It's one thing to say, you know, to get excited about something or, or to keep us unfocused with a mission. It's another one to always feel like, you know what, we're having a little bit of a party for us, too. You know, at the Luwell, we're going to have a few minutes for, for us, too. And she always mm -hmm. made sure that the staff was as taken care of as she could get, you know. so. Anyway, uh, we do have another caller. We can take that caller next. And uh, good evening, caller. You're on with our tribute to Diane Herring. Oh, hi. Good evening. This is Jimmy Humble. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jim. Hi. Um, I just uh, am remembering that uh, when I moved to the county in 1989 and the radio station came on, it wasn't too long after that that I heard Diane on the air playing some bluegrass tunes that I'd never... I, it was the first time that I became aware of bluegrass. She turned me on to bluegrass. <laughs> and since then, she has been a leader, shown leadership to me, and mentored me, and uh, she was great. And um, so... Um, well, you took that bluegrass to heart, Jimmy. <laughs> well, you know, and since she's been off the air, I've been playing a little bit more bluegrass on my show mm -hmm. and, you know, filling in the gaps, but you can't do what she did. And so I just want to say thanks to everyone who helped out with uh, Diane's life, and, um, and I just really appreciated Diane. Yeah. Thanks. We love Thank her. you. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. Those, another person who worked with her, I think if you've worked with her or if you know her, I, it, back in the days when we would have, uh, you know, one or two disgruntled um, former board members or something going on, she always kept a positive attitude even through all of that, that we can plow through that and, 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 and move on. But it was, like I said, it was a, not without a little bit of making sure that she, she got her point across, you know, that she made it sure that um, whoever was uh, giving us trouble, that we, you know, we said that we made sure that everything was explained, that we made our best effort to communicate with people. She really was a, a big believer in communication. Um, I think that's what made her a strong general manager and, and, and membership as well, because she was able to, you know, talk to people who have met the uh, membership laps or she would always stress in our in our little uh, uh, statement, we always say uh, member or listener supported public radio. And she was insistent on saying it should be listener because, yeah, we want members, of course, and members pay for things. But, 
Um, listeners are a part of it as well. Those who can't give but still listen, they still make an impact in our community, and uh, they need to be you know, uh, acknowledged as well. She was listener first. That was her philosophy for uh, doing radio. Yeah, very much so. She was really that way. Although, you know, one thing that was a real, like, you couldn't, unbreakable thing was, I think it was every Wednesday. I don't remember if it was Wednesday or Thursday, but it was at 4 o'clock. She would just leave and say, okay, it's time for tune therapy. <laughs> and then she would go off, and that was time for her to practice with her band. And it didn't matter what was going on, even if a drive, even her pledge drive. She'd just like, nope. Yep. Tune therapy. Got to do it. Got to do it. Yep, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, I, I have to say, because Brian Huggins and I, this is a long time ago, and Diane would unfailingly do her, you know, Wednesday tunes and, and, and lunch on the back porch on Saturdays. And, and she was out of town, and Brian and I got conscripted to, to sit in for her. And, um, it was a two-hour show, and Diane definitely, as far as bluegrass goes, I think, was was very much of a traditionalist. Mm-hmm. She did not do newgrass. She did traditional bluegrass, and that was the hardest two hours I've ever done on radio, because all the songs were like two or two and a half <laughs> Exactly. Before. Yeah, sequencing bluegrass. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what comes next? Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's not like you hadn't done a few shows before. You know, as I was saying, one, to somebody recently, it was just kind of a saying around the, the staff that if you have a problem with Diane Herring, the problem is you. Because, <laughs> I mean, again, you could you could reason with her at any point in time, and that's a, a very uh, rare and lost commodity right now. She had a lot of good advice about how to... Uh, you know, treat controversy when it came your way, and uh, she really good advice she gave me uh, regarding the Anderson Valley Advertiser was to just pretend like it didn't exist, <laughs> and I yeah. did. So I, I, I thank you, Diane. She and I shared that. Get me out of a lot of harangues yeah. that I didn't need. She and I shared a moment at a meeting once when we were talking about a particular problem that we were dealing with, and she says, you know, we simultaneously just put our fingers in the air and just, da-da-da-da-da, we don't hear you. <laughs> just move on, do our jobs. <laughs> I always appreciated that about her. So, Linda, you spent some time at the end there in where music was a, a real um, buoy for her. Can you talk a bit about how much how much that helped with the yeah. process? Of- yeah, like I said, Brian Wood and Dave Dart and Charlie Hopeberg before he moved to Oregon and Alan Kendall would come over. One of our folks, Ruth Ann, plays banjo and uh, I play at the youth. Uh, so we would play every Thursday or every, uh, yeah, every Thursday um, afternoon and it really meant so much to her. Her band was so dear to her. Uh, all those years, I think, um, you know, 35 years they played. And uh, and mm. you were talking, someone was talking earlier about when she was on the air doing her show and she would go into all the details. Well, that's what the, what the Thursday uh, music would be. Um, 
somebody we'd play a song and then somebody would say well who is it that was written by so-and-so and yeah didn't so-and-so do a version and then you know 10 minutes in talking about all the different uh um things related to that song and others that they reminded of and then go on to the next and then the same thing uh tremendous knowledge all of them tremendous yes. knowledge of, of uh, music <laughs> plus and, dave uh, made all the instruments that's right yes well brian just made a a um, mandolin oh really that is, that is beautiful and sounding and and looking at and and i've thought boy making an instrument has to be a leap of faith because how much work goes into it and you don't know what it's going to sound like till you play it mm -hmm. but uh yeah she always looked forward to to getting together with the guys the, the group and and they had wonderful stories and memories um it, it meant a great deal to her for those guys to come over and and see her every week that that was very important to her i was very surprised that with all she was going through that her memories and um you know recall was so strong still that she just had it you all know it, it, she until the last few months she was totally there cognitively that's amazing um, it, and even the last you know it had come and go and and um but she cognitively she held in really well and um yeah yeah rosie riveter with a smile so we have another caller on we'll take that and if you have a, a call to make or you want to make a comment about diane we can take probably one more after that so if you want to give us a call it's 707-895-2448 and we'll take this caller good evening you're on the air hello this is fran oh fran. And, uh, fran. yeah hi guys so good to hear everybody's voices um, I live over in Willits, but I taught in Anderson Valley, and I finally made arrangements that I'd spend the night over there once a week. And Diane and I would have dinner at least once a month, if not oftener, spend a lot of evenings at her home with her and the kids. I was a homeschool teacher to Claire and Hans. Mm. Um, but one of the things, one of my memories is Diane loved Lauren's French fries. She just really loved them. <laughs> it's true. Everybody and some, does. And, <laughs> and some evenings when I knew she'd be late at the station and I knew she wasn't going to get dinner, I'd go by Lauren's and I'd pick up French fries and I'd bring them to her at the station. And the smile she would get when she opened that up, it made her night. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She was such a wonderful woman. I, I, you know, I haven't been able to get over to the valley because of my own health issues, and I, I'm really sorry I wasn't able to connect more with her at the end. But and you homeschooled she had, her kids. She was surrounded by wonderful friends. I'm sorry. What did I you think just say? And you home help help with homeschooling her kids. That's, that's, that's yeah, great. It's deep history. Yeah. I know Angela. That was our I was original connection. Yeah. I know I was talking to Angela uh, a couple of days ago, and she was telling me how when she was like in middle school or younger, uh, hanging around the back 
door at Bruce Bread while <laughs> under Diane's watchful eye while the kids are trying to figure out how to swipe some loaves. <laughs> of course, you're talking about you're talking about they Angela were very DeWitt. Generous. Yeah. yeah, they were very generous with that bread too. They would bring over. I was working at the Mendocino Environmental Center in Ukiah, and they would bring in a big box of bread, and give it away to whoever needs it. Yeah. All right. Well, it looks like we have another caller. Thank well, you, Fran. Thank you. Love you, Good guys. Good to hear from you, Take Fran. Care. Appreciate it, Fran. Thank you, Diane. May it be wonderful wherever you are. I know you'll make it. It that is. Way. It Bye. is. I know yes. it is. Okay, caller, you're on uh, with uh, Diane and Herring Tribute. Go ahead and say what you have. Hello? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Caller, uh, yeah. I can hardly hear you. Okay, uh, go ahead and, uh, and and say what you have to say about Diane. Okay, yeah, like I, I remember Diane was going out of town for some period of time, and we had had, um, I don't know whether it was just general uh, discussions about the need for leadership, and um, she came back, and I said to everybody, "Well, here's here's the person that you should have right now." And they said, "Well, she's a musician. She's this, that, and the other thing." She, and I said, "She's a really a good person, and uh, she's honest." And uh, and and then I heard that she was uh, she was the station manager for three years, and. Uh, I don't know how much I had to do with talking that up, but it was uh, it was wonderful, and and things got better. And so uh, I, I just if, if Diane is in the Bardo now, and she's listening to this program, uh, I want to say Diane, you uh, saved the day more than once, and uh, we were so fortunate to have you, uh, and. Uh, I'm very grateful for all that you did for us. So that's all I wanted to say. Wow. Thank you very much. That's, uh, I think, exactly what most people feel about Diane. Um, when when she first moved here, uh, Hans lived right around the corner. And uh, they have their baby, uh, Diane's granddaughter, Oriana. And Hans would walk over several times a week, and they'd sit out on the porch and visit. And that was her granddaughter was the apple of her eye. Um, <laughs> Hans ended up moving uh, back to another state. I don't remember exactly where. Detroit. But no. Detroit, right. Um, but uh, he's he's been out to visit since, and um, yeah. Also, I wanted to let you know the day of the memorial oh, yes. is Sunday, July 10th. I'm not sure where it's going to be yet. Very good chance it'll be at the fairgrounds and the Redwood Grove, but I don't know that for sure. But I do know that Sunday, July 10th, in the uh, probably a, a one to four time time frame of afternoon time frame. Yeah, good to know. Thanks for that, Linda. Yeah, yeah. appreciate that. Well, we've got about oh, nine minutes left um, in the program. It doesn't look like we're getting any other calls right now at 895-2448. So uh, maybe you guys can each give a, a story that uh, that you took personally away. I, I know for myself, 
uh, as, as John said, she she really did always have good advice for me, and uh, and she was kind of always there, not just for the station, but for us. I mean, there was more than a couple of times where transitions went from general managers to general managers, and she had to step in because the the, the old wasn't out yet, and the new wasn't in, and and she always did that. And I, I can remember her telling uh, telling me at one point I had some long commutes uh, at the time I was living in Modesto, and. Uh, she said, "Well, you know, the nice. She always put a, a, a sunny side on things, or, or found the, uh, the the silver lining." She said, "Well, you know, at least you got a great time to listen to all that bluegrass back and forth. <laughs> and think about anything other than the station." <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of true. Better, as my grandmother used to say, it's better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did have one last call. Let's see if we can. Oh, go ahead, Mary. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say thanks for that, John, because she did often quote her grandparents. Yes, she My did. I can't remember it. She did. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we have one other caller. Caller, you're on. Good evening. Uh, good evening. This is Jeff Blankfort. Hey, Jeff. And hey, one, Jeff. Wonderful program and a, about a wonderful human being. And I wish to thank her and thank Mary. But when Mary brought me on the air in 2001 to do takes on the world, there were a handful of folks in the community who didn't like my approach to the Israel-Palestine conflict <laughs> and wanted me off the air. And Diane stood firmly at my back, as did Mary, and I want to thank both of them for supporting me as they did when I was on the air doing takes on the world. That's great. That you had this tribute to her tonight. Oh, that was a wonderful human being. Thank you, that was That was a wonderful, you, or is a wonderful show, Jeff and um, um, Jeffrey. And um, it it was done perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it's good to hear your voice, Jeff. Yes, hi, John. It's like the old gang is there. <laughs> anyway, it was a great program, and, and I'm sorry to see her pass, but she... I believe, I forget who said it was her calm. She had this wonderful calm about everything, and she was a trooper to the end. So uh, uh, I have the greatest respect for her and for her memory. So thanks to all of you and her. All right. Thank, thank you. you, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Nice to hear all these uh, colleagues that have played with her. I, I You know, I am kind of curious if there's people out there who just never got a chance to meet meet her but knew her from her shows and knew her from the work that she's done maybe were contacted when she was in membership and stuff and it, it you know and like i said we probably can't take very many more calls but i'm wondering if 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 people really ga gather just how amazing she was at pulling people together as i said earlier if you, if you had a problem with diane it was your problem because she could really you know uh find a way to get everybody on the same page i, I can't yeah. remember how many staff meetings we were in where you know several people would have several different opinions and she found a way to weave them all together to where we all felt like okay we're all in agreement that's true and you know when we were in debt 
uh, in that 2008, 9, 10, 11. We got finally by 2013, we had done it. We, we dug had pulled out, yeah. pulled out, out of debt. But you know, it meant a lot of pledge drives, and it meant high goals for those pledge drives, and it meant coordinating a lot of volunteers. It meant getting people to contribute more than they normally would. The economy really took a nosedive mm -hmm. in 2008. It was really a tough period, but you know, uh, we did it. We, we we did it. And at the same time, you know, laid the kind of conceptual groundwork for the changes that are happening happening now. Yeah. And and, and after each one of those drives we we're all exhausted. Um, Mary and I could collapse in our desks, you know, but Diane would walk through it was like, Okay, she was yeah. still like, let's let's do more, you know. It's like, all right, Diane, let's not talk about the next drive yet. Give us a couple of One days. One time it <laughs> ended, and she started her program. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, back to back to square one. Yeah. 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 So we got a few minutes left, Linda and Mary. Do you have a few more comments you'd like to share with the fans of Diane? Well, I guess it's just, you know, she was, she was a really wonderful person. She was really smart, and she was really funny. And I think, you know, when I when we worked together at the station, I just always felt like, you know, she would always have your back. Mm -hmm. And you knew that she was, you know, you had somebody that was going to be there and, and help make everything, you know, come through. And I just really always appreciated, you know, that I knew that she was there and didn't have to go it alone, right? Like she right. was going to be there doing everything she could to to have the best possible outcome. So yeah, yeah. And Thanks. you said, Rich, you wanted to share some. Unfortunately, many of the the couple of the anecdotes that keep coming to mind um, are not radio friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I did turn on the delay tonight because I could, I could see us slipping into some uh, colorful story. Well, thank you uh, very much, Mary. I really appreciate you taking the time tonight to, to share your many, many years with Diane and uh, how much we're actually kind of joyously looking at, at this time in, in, joy, in, in Diane's life rather than a, a sadness. And you as well, uh, Linda, thank you very much for all the work you gave uh, uh, well, it was it was a team effort, and there were a few real heavy lifters in our household. I wasn't one of them, but, <laughs> um, but there was a real commitment, and Diane was easy to be committed to. Um, yeah, she gave at least as much as as was given, and um, we uh, the house is pretty quiet and. <laughs> And uh, there's a big hole in the household right now. Yeah, I imagine come next pledge yeah. drive, you'll be hearing some creaking around that house, though. <laughs> so I thought it would be good to go out with another piece of music from her and uh, go on to uh, uh, Dave Cash and his wonderful program coming up next. And uh, thank you all for listening tonight and uh, for thinking of Diane. I know she'll be thinking of all of you and uh, probably smiling on us all. So here's another piece of music. Uh, this one, maybe this time copy.
This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.